I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. And welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 Podcast. After a week off hiatus, we are back. And Eric, I have to say, a heartbreaking start to this week in Padres baseball as Jose Perella has been designated for assignment. Perella. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. T's and P's for yeah. Mr. Jose Perella. Heart and hustle himself. Hustling his ass right off the 40-man roster. As Uncle Teddy once said, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hopes and dreams are crushed. It would have felt so much better if they would have done that last year. Like we were yeah. waiting for it, dude. We all got blue balls waiting for it to happen. It just never did. So no, it's like, it yeah, was so yeah. anticlimactic. Because he's in the minors, right? Yeah. Like we don't even care. It's not like he has any shot to come up this year. And we all wanted Kinsler to be the one. Yeah. Like I don't I don't see what Kinsler brings to the team. I didn't see it before, but now I especially don't see it. Like I, all he can play is second base. I saw it when they hadn't signed Machado. Because it made sense. Okay. Re- I'm talking about recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ever since they signed Machado, we all it know made that. zero sense. Yeah. yeah so. Ever since. But Whatever. nonetheless, he's gone. It's been an otherwise exciting week in Padres baseball or we were, as we are back from a hiatus. Um, Urias got called up. He has played extremely well. Made two plays. Ian Kinsler probably is nowhere near <laughs> on defense. Yeah. Had a couple of nice base hits. Uh, Tatis drove him in a couple of times the way the Lord intended. <laughs> it has been very exciting and even more so... We had been, uh, I feel like there's like a bet somewhere around here with the Mad Friars guys, but Mora Hung getting called up. Yeah. Mora Hung getting called up. Yeah. Bias and, uh, as well. Bias as well, but uh, Bias has yet to make his debut, but Mora Hung looking pretty good. First pitch of his major league career. A nice and easy 97 miles an hour. Yeah. I mean, that'll play. Yes. That'll play, right? It's, it's always kind of weird. Like, I was thinking, like, what. What are they going to do with him? You're looking at all of his outings in, uh, you know, Double A Amarillo, and and we were looking it over, and it's just like, well, he's kind of like an opener, yeah. but the Padres haven't really committed to using that. They've hinted at it, but they've never really done Since it. Since like 2017, I feel like they've been hinting at it, and they're finally doing it. So it's just like yesterday was probably one of the happiest days of my Padre viewing life. <laughs> just sitting and watching a game, like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm seeing what I'm seeing. I'm getting. Tatis driving in Urias. I'm getting amazing up the middle defense. And they're bullpenning, damn it, finally. Yeah, thank God. It's like, it's not so much, it's, yeah, the fact that they're bullpenning, but also the fact that they're bullpenning with the people that they're doing it yeah. with. And that makes it really exciting to me because, like, the whole, like, opener idea and using prospects in into the bullpen and shorter relief roles, it's something that I've wanted for a while and something that you've wanted for even longer. Like a decade. And so, <laughs> and so to see it coming through, friendship. dude, and, yeah, to see it finally coming through and having that be put into place, albeit just for Morahone and, and Quantrill, that one start, I hope that's the start of something more permanent. I do, too, and I think they've got the guys to do it. I look at a guy like Strom, who actually... Remember, Strom was an opener a couple times, a handful of times last year, and that's when the talk of, hey, maybe he can start, really started to play up. Right. It went, I mean, he's getting multiple innings in the back end, too, but it wasn't until I feel like uh, he got some some looks as an opener, and we were thinking, like, wow, he could actually do this. Now, last year, the, the complaint was, well, you burn out the bullpen because you don't have enough arms. I counted nine guys who can fucking start. Nine guys who probably start on, like, the Royals or something to develop. Now, you look at you got Paddock. Strom, Lucchese, Lauer, Quantrill, Baez, Marahone, 
I'm missing somebody Lamette. here. Lamette. There's a ninth guy in here. I'm missing a ninth guy. Nah. Uh, Allen. Logan Allen. Allen. There, there you go. go. You have not, Those nine guys are probably, most of them are starters. I think Lamette and Baez might be bullpen guys. But other than that, so you have seven guys who more than likely are going to spend the next handful to decade of their uh, years as MLB starting pitchers. You could easily bullpen those guys. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, dude, you can find a way to spread the innings out to where, one, number one, none of these guys get overworked, and they stay fresh. And two, you can constantly give different looks. Like, you can give different looks throughout the game, throughout the series, throughout the season. Like, I, I think that provides a lot of value for the team, and, and you're not doing this with scrubs. Yeah. Like, you're not Paul doing Clements isn't going out yeah. there to give two innings so Edwin Jackson can come in, yeah. you know, in the third inning. Yeah, like, you're not doing this with scrubs like Brian Mitchell. Like, you're doing this with actual legitimate options and to to do that i think that brings a lot and it also we're going to talk about like the whole trade scenario because the deadline's coming up but it's kind of getting to the point where mm, you can make an argument that you don't really need anyone else you know i'm kind of bummed that i've been reading twitter all day because i thought you and i had a pretty hot take going into this but it looks like half of twitter agrees with us (laughs) so we'll get into that later but i mean you're right about limiting innings because excuse me here's here's the reality situation they're not going to push a lot of these guys. Like, Lauer and Lucchese are probably the guys that are going to push the hardest. Paddock's already at 90 innings. That's what he threw last year. So you might have five more starts out of him. Now, I think if he's going to get to 120 to 130, which some people don't think he'll he'll increase that much. But how many... Do you think they're going to let him get to 150 to 180 innings? I think it depends on how the season is going, which means if they're in contention, he'll be throwing more innings. So no, I don't think he'll be throwing more innings. No, I don't think so I think he'll be around 120 to maybe 130. And the reason why I say that is because... Not to name drop or anything, but uh, A.J. Preller himself told me that. Oh, well, there you go. So, so, okay, so if you think he goes five innings a start, he's got, what, six starts left, give yeah. or take? But if I told you, hey, you know, he can have six starts left, but maybe we just say, hey, you know what, go out there and turn the lineup over one, one and a half times, or give us three innings, whatever comes first, like, and then we'll just bring somebody else in. Like, I don't I don't have a problem with that. I don't know if, pa- I don't know, I'm sure Paddock isn't going to like it, no. but when he was throwing that no-hitter against, you know, uh, Miami and, and he uh, he admitted he's like yeah I knew they were gonna let me go in there but I knew as soon as I gave it up you know I'm on a pinch counter and innings limit like he's acknowledged like he he fully understands what they're doing with him and that you know the situation is gonna dictate whether or not he stays in if he's cruising and he has a no hitter they're gonna leave him in there. If he doesn't, then they're going to let him go as five or six, and then they're going to pull him. I think there's positives, and I think there's drawbacks to using Paddock in that role. Uh, the positive is you get to spread him out a little longer throughout yeah. the season. But the negative is I really feel like as soon as next year, he's going to be that guy that can be the horse for us. And I, I view him as a guy that's going to give you seven, possibly eight innings going forward, six, seven, eight innings. And it's just like, do I want to use this guy in this bullpen role knowing damn well next year I don't intend him to be in an opener-type role? Or... Or what? Because he's ob- he's not going to be happy about it. I know what, what he thinks doesn't really matter, but at the end of the day, he's not happy with the pitch count. We know that he's not happy with the pitch count because he said as much. And really, if he hasn't said it, he said it through his brother yeah. <laughs> on Twitter. Because uh, Michael Paddock on Twitter, he's made the point like, hey, you know, imagine imagine how he will perform next year when there's not the pitch count on him and this and that. Like that's not coming from nowhere. You know what I mean? It oh, could I know. be. It's it not. could be. But I'm sure that in their conversations, he's voiced a little bit of frustration. So I do they're you wanna, doing it for his own good. Though. Of course, yeah. and, and he said that himself. Like he knows that. So it's kind of you know would I use him in that role? 
Yes, because I want to see him. 120, absolutely. I want to see him finish the rest of the season with the squad. I don't want to see him shut down like Strasburg was. I mean, those they're different situations, but I want to see him finish the season on the team as an active member. Game 162, when the season ends, which it will, let's face it, <laughs> I want him to be available. You know what I mean? They're like, not going to go, what, 42 and 22 or 41 and 22, whatever no. it is, get to 88 wins? No. No, I agree with you. And I, and I think that. With Pat, he seems to not like it, but I also think he's not a hard ass enough to where he doesn't understand why. He seems to accept it. Right. He just doesn't like it. No. But if you tell him, look, you have two options. We can let you go, and then we can just shut you down in September and call it a day. Because they didn't do that with Latos, and he gassed out um, in that 2010 season. So they can do that, or they can say, look, or we can just go with the opener. You're still going to start. You're going to get the ball every fifth day. You're just probably going to go three or four instead of five to seven. Yeah. I think I think he would choose the latter. I think he'd choose the three to four innings. In the opener, because he's still going to get to go out there, he's still going to get to compete and pitch and start. He, we're just not going to run with him that deep. And I do think that it is good for his development because you still get to kind of push him a little bit and stretch him out over the year, but you do limit. And you have other guys like Lucchese. To me, is like I know Scanlon put on there, and, and people always ask, "Oh, why not see you know if the young man has the mentality to you know get the third time through the order." Because he's thrown like 15 or 20 innings the third time through the order, and Lucchese gets absolutely fucking torched. It's awful. It's like burn victim unit when he goes through the third time. Yeah. Just just scolded. So it yeah. makes no sense. But now that you have this depth, you can stretch out the rotation. And the other way I look at it is it might give the Padres that puncher's chance to compete down the stretch without making a big trade because now you eliminate the Matons and the Wigginters and the weeks of the world where, or the stocks where, you're hoping that this guy, who is a reliever for a reason, it's because they don't have more than one or two pitches, and because they're not good enough to repeat their delivery, you're hoping that those guys click and somehow find a way, right? Somehow find a way, like Stammen finds a fountain of youth again. Right. You don't have to worry about that if you have four other guys who can give you multiple innings. Yesterday's a prime example. Even if Quantrill only went four, he came in in the third. So if he goes four, now you just have, okay, we have seven, eight, nine now. And we have, we're fine. Like, now we can get to the back end of our bullpen. Or we have eight and nine. Now we can just give the ball to Munoz and Yates and not have to worry about, well, we got to bring in washed up stamina. Who else do we have? It also eliminates that. And it gives you guys who are better because they're starters, they're legitimate starters, Mm -hmm. but guys who are not the Brad Weeks of the world who you're hoping the guy just has a good outing. Yeah, I like that idea. What I what I ultimately think they're going to do, and I'm okay with it either way, to be honest, but what I think they're ultimately going to do is spread out his starts. Maybe skip a spot, skip a start six in the rotation. Six-man rotation stuff, yeah. yeah. six-man, push him back a day, utilize the I'm off fine day. with that. Maybe they'll... <laughs> Mets Twitter will love this. Maybe they'll send him down to Elsinore again for a little 10-day hiatus like they did before. Maybe they'll go No, they're route. sending him down there for a reason, Eric. Yeah. All the way to A-ball. That's how bad he was. Yeah, I, I think Idiots. that's the route that they'll end up going. But I think there's a lot of value in using him in the exact way that you just said. Yes. Because, yeah, I mean, you get the scrubs. You don't have to throw the you scrubs in your bullpen. You disagree with me so oh, vehemently on this. It feels so. I feel so vindicated yeah, and you that know, you finally come around to it. Yeah. Especially so, after seeing it in action. Because how about that Cal Quantrill yesterday. That's why when people say that I'm a stubborn asshole, like keep this in mind. Like, okay, I'm open to new ideas. It just takes it a decade or so yeah. To, yeah. to bring you around. Yeah, I have exactly. been saying this for years. But I, Cal I Quantrill think, looked amazing yesterday. He had a 96 mile an hour two seamer. He punched some motherfucker out with. Love to see it. It had a fucking change up like fade. But yeah. It was 96. I think, I think that was Schwarber. Yeah, went away from him. Yeah, dude, just love dirt. to see it. I love Cal coming out of the bullpen, pumping that gas, dude. 
bring it all yes, day. Absolutely. And it's just like seeing him turn that corner, it's like, damn, man, maybe he's going to be an actual option because I had written him off. I was pretty close to the beginning yeah. of the year and I was on that gravy train for a while. Man. Hanging on for dear life. Yeah. But I, I look at that and I look at like, okay, let's say we're going to, okay, we're going to run with Morahone every fifth day and Cal's his caddy, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say, okay, you know, Lucchese, we know Lucchese's going to struggle third time through, right? Like we're good, we're lucky to get five out of him if he can limit the base running. Michelle Baez has been throwing two innings of relief all year. That's all he's been doing. He's coming in, throwing two innings, and getting the fuck out. As a reliever, he hasn't been opening like Morahone has. I think he's had some one-inning starts. Yeah, or stints. yeah that too. Not See, stints. I'm okay with him coming in. Like, Lamette kind of is the same thing. Like, okay, we're going to we're gonna piggyback Lamette and somebody else. Like, maybe Strom or something. Or maybe Strom mm-hmm. comes in and opens for two innings. And then here comes fucking Lamette coming in, throwing 97, 98 with his tidal wave slider. Like, yeah. I am good with all this. I think... A, it's going to make things more exciting. B, it's going to you know it's going to keep the other team on their toes. And C, you get to develop a ton of arms all in one shot while competing and while seeing what you have for next year. Yeah. Also, another thing to keep in mind: Garrett Richards just made his first rehab start. Yeah, he's there's another back, guy to throw in he's there. He's probably dude. back in the next uh, four to six weeks. Exactly. So then, I mean, you can even say, hey, if you want to shut down Paddock, as soon as Paddock shut down, yeah, hey, guess what? Richard. You insert Garrett Richards. I would love if they just had Munoz and Yates and said, okay, the other, let's just say they carry 12 pitchers. The other 10 guys, you're all fucking caddies. You all have your backup yeah. guy. Yeah. Paddock Richards is coming in for you. Yeah. Uh, Lauer, you know, whoever's coming, Strom's coming in for you. Lucchese, you got Lamette, yada, yada, yada. And just go that way. Just fucking pound teams to death with. Ten starting pitchers who all throw night. Well, I mean, Lauer and Lucchese are lucky to hit 92 on a good day. May, hey, if they're coming in and only throwing a few innings, they might yeah, air it out. Yeah, so if they come You in, might get 95-mile-an-hour Lauer. I would yeah, I would tell them that. Like, hey, look, we only need you to go four or five. Like, we're going to bring in Lamette anyways. Yeah. So just go out there and fucking heave it for four or five innings. Yeah. Or try to get through. Try to get us through five. But if you only do three or four and keep us in the game, give up a run or two, fuck it, that's good enough. I really like that idea. I really like the idea of bringing up all these guys and utilizing them on the daily. And not having to fucking use Stammen and Week yeah. and Maton and Wingenter and stuff. I think that's the best part about it. Yeah, it's the best. It really you is. get rid of that. You get rid of that volatility because all these guys are starters. Even, like, Lament, best case scenario as a starter is probably, like, his best case is, like, peak Tyson Ross. His worst case is, like... Not peak Tyson Ross. I don't know. I see a lot out of Lamette. I think I think he could be a I think he'd be a real dude. Tyson Ross was a real dude for a couple of years and then got hurt. But I mean yeah. if you look at his numbers, Ross was actually really fucking good for a while. But I think he could be that. And if not, great. He can be this fucking bridge reliever where he comes in and like the fifth or sixth and punches guys out for a couple innings. And then we give Munoz the ball. And oh, by the way, guys, you've been looking at ninety four to ninety seven all day. Here's this five foot two Mexican kid, one oh one. Good luck. Yeah. See you later. Yeah, so let's go back. Um, Urias. Yes! He's back. Yes! Okay, so we're all sitting here, and there was rumblings. Hey, it might be happening. We've heard for months, it, it feels like, hey, he's coming back soon. He's coming back soon. He's coming back soon. Finally, they did it. They came out of the All-Star I break. I thought he was supposed to be back like two Fridays ago. It's Yeah, I, I feel like he's supposed to have been back forever. But they came out of the gates after the All-Star break struggling. Big time struggling. They basically knocked themselves out of contention Essentially, in the last yeah, two weeks. That's, that's what they did. And it the moves that they made by recalling Urias, um, bringing up Morahone, bringing up Baez. Mejia, too. Uh, I mean, before that, well, but still. Yeah, but these guys in particular, it kind of, I don't want to say reeks, but it... It has hints of desperation. Yes. It's like, hey, save us. But also it's like, hey, we're, we know we're kind of done. So here's your shot. Yeah. Like, take it. So 
I really like seeing that, and I like what I've seen from Urias um, with the at bats that he's had. He doesn't. He's not swinging at everything like he was the first time. He looks really patient. Mark Grant, see Sweeney, you need to watch Mark Grant. You know, not great, not wish app Mark Grant, Mark Sweeney. We want the real deal. Mark Grant broke down. He had a side by side comparison on the uh, the, the leg kick. Yeah, on the leg kick. Right. And he had he had one where earlier in the year Urias was real high leg kick. His leg didn't come. He admits like his his knees going straight up. It's not like kind of going back towards his back hip, and so he's falling forward. He's not keeping his weight back. He's not his balance. Whereas this one, it's not as high, but it's also that if you looked at like where his toe was, what I noticed is that his toe is pointed down with the ones the the video that Grant had pulled against the Cubs, as opposed to before where his toes kind of pointed like towards first base. And he's like, you can see, like, he's more balanced. He can stay back more. He's going to keep his hands back. He can recognize pitches better that way. And he's not falling forward. Excellent analysis that took 30 seconds. Right. But you can see it because his first, the first at bat he had, he had a nice hard, you know, Luis Urias hard hit, punching Judy, sing, uh, line drive the other way. And he just hit it, happened to hit it at the uh, Cubs resident trash can yeah. who caught it. But, you know, that whole series, like, his first hit when he came back was a fucking rope right back up the box. It was like yeah. vintage him. Yeah, that's he true. He hit the ball the other way a couple. I think he flied out to right field and he took a pretty good swing mm-hmm. on it into the wind. Like he looked significantly more comfortable. Yeah, he that's, looked like what we had hoped he would look yeah, like at the beginning of the season. Really under control, real balanced, excellent at bats, excellent plate discipline. Dude, the defense alone. The yeah. defense alone makes <laughs> the it The play worth he made it. with Tatis cutting like near, like hearing those footsteps. And then he like. As he gloves it, transfers, and then throws a fucking strike to first. Yeah. He threw a ball where it's like, it wasn't routine. I think the shift might have been on, but he was like behind second base. And he just fucking slung it over there on a line where it's like, Kinsler would have to crow hop. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's not even close. And then the ball that, you know, it was a routine pop fly. but With, got, Not in that wind. Yeah, it got taken by the wind. You see him dive and lay out for it. Kinsler doesn't make that play. Like, nope. not at all. No. And there's no doubt about that. This isn't, this isn't like, hey, um, oh, man. You know, Hedges would have got you a strike there. This yeah. isn't hearsay. This is a fact. Yeah. You know what I mean, this isn't like speculation. Like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, I, I think Hedgie would have blocked that. Like, shut up. <laughs> this is different. Okay? Urias yeah. showed off plate discipline. He showed off his hit tool. He showed off his glove tool. He showed off his arm tool. He ran the base as well. Yeah. I mean, he pretty much gave us a glimmer of what we've been pining for since last year. We thought, like, hey, he might be up in June. And then we just had to wait. Basically a calendar year yeah. from when we thought, but it feels so good to see eat him it, up there. Padres farm, <laughs> asshole, <laughs> fucking eat it. That guy has been trolling hard lately. Somebody told him to brush his teeth, it. which killed me. Yeah, I, dude, I love the bit. My bit is hedges, and his is yeah. uh, Urias for sure. For sure, hundred percent. How about uh, speaking of hedges, uh, Mejia? Mejia's an average framer. I know we didn't really plan on talking about this. I just want to touch base here. <laughs> I mean, he has looked better, yeah, and he's up to being an average framer. Yep, it's I'll take an average framer with that bat speed. Absolutely. He dude. also laid Absolutely. off some pitches that I was stunned he actually took. So yeah. maybe the bat's starting to come around. Yeah, you never know. He's always going to be a free crushed. swinger. Yeah. he's always going to be a free. Swinger. I mean, but he can, even if he walks it at eight percent, I mean, Hunter Renfro's a free swinger, right? And he's kind. Of, I mean, he's still a free swinger, but like, I mean, he doesn't have to be a fucking walks machine. True. He doesn't have to be our new favorite center fielder since Mike Cameron. Manuel Margot, which we'll touch on <laughs> later. Um, but uh, I, I, to me, if he draws like 8%, a walk 8% of the time, he's going to make a lot of contact. And he yeah. hits the fucking piss out of the ball when he connects. He really does. He really does. And, and, you know, I went from saying eat at Padres Farm to now thank you, Padres Farm, because he posted the savant, yeah. the baseball savant of uh, Francisco Mejia. And 
framing right around league average. So, like, hey, what are you going to say now? And yeah. it's, it's shown that year after year, I mean, last year and then this year, he's gotten better. You're kidding me. You mean it really is a shocker? Right? I was right again. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe it that it's, you know, it's a skill that you can get better at. It it's feels shocking. so good when we're right, doesn't it? It feels so good. And he's been, what, ever since his recall, 10% better than league average? What, 110? I think so. I have to look. I'll look I it up. I think he was at yeah. 110 WRC plus since he's got, since well, he came I'm back. sorry you said WRC plus. That's, I don't is, know what that means. Means. Eric, I just that's just what I lying, saw. Flip flopping bastard. That's you know what exactly what it means. Yeah. And you so know what it means. dude, just the other day, yesterday, we, we got that start by Morahone. You had Quantrol come in, you got Mejia. He earned one M war yesterday with that home run. One M war. They tacked on that's later. Probably my favorite stat. <laughs> they tacked on later, but he himself, Francisco Mejia, earned one M war. So one M war, huh? The more you know. <laughs> That's probably my favorite yeah. stat. One M more. The more you know. Uh, yeah, he's actually ten percent above. So since since coming up, he came up on June eighteenth. That was his first start since coming right. back. I mean, he has hit two sixty two with a three thirty three on base. He slugged four seventy seven. He's basically been. Is that good? That's that's about almost three times better than Hedges offensively. Hmm. And uh, like you said, the framing has gotten better. It's gotten average. If we're gonna get a catcher that's ten percent above league average and frames that well, average or better, then we might have like. It's fine. Yeah, we have like Walmart Yasmani Grandal, <laughs> which I would have taken this whole time. Yeah, I'll take. I that. never wanted to lose Yaz. Sixty forty. Give him sixty forty. Give him here, and that's that's fine. I agree. One hundred percent agree. Hedges brings value to the team. Okay, and he absolutely does. As a backup. Why, yeah, I mean, and and in limited spots, his bat could be better. Yeah, so I mean, he's better than AJ Ellis as a backup, right? Especially if he's going to play that often. So yeah. and plus. When Lament is pitching and tossing all the sliders in the dirt, put Hedges back there. Let him get hurt. I, Let him get yeah. beat up. I like uh, I like Hedges for like, oh man, Lucchese was just ripping him a new asshole. Oh, yeah. And then he ran into the bat trying to create sympathy. Yeah, exactly. God, yep. God. we don't feel sorry for you, no, Hedgy. Not at all. But uh, I don't mind like Hedges catching like Lucchese and Lamette. Like I think that's fine. Yeah, that's, I think that works. And uh, boom, right there, that's sixty four. But then that brings us into because we have those guys, we kind of have some depth. Here's our what I thought was a really hot take, but uh, is now a, as uh, Miss Kelly Wallace, or the new most popular person on Twitter, maybe in Padres Twitter land, has called a lukewarm take because everybody seems to be agreeing with us, or at least half of Padres Twitter. I don't think the Padres need to make a trade, Eric. I don't either. I really don't, I and don't I'm either. stunned you don't either. It's it's really weird to say. Well, I said a couple weeks ago, it's like, hey, I'm, whatever you... happens, happens. Yeah. Like I'm just gonna roll with it, and I'm, I'm looking at it, and it's just like kind of meh. I don't. I don't know. Like none of these guys really get me rock hard. Like no. they like they do. Like, they're not Max Scherzer. No, like like they're not. And I'm looking. I think the thing that really pointed it out today was I saw um, H.J. Preller's tweet that said that the Padres would have to go 41 and 22. Let's just say 40 and 20. It's 41 and 22 <laughs> yeah. to end with 88 wins. <sighs> 88 wins is the minimum. That has to be the bare minimum to get you a wild card spot, right? It has to be. Uh, I mean, some of the, the NL is not particularly strong. Yeah, but still, they're but not going to squeak in with the 500 record. Even if you have to get 85 wins, that's still like, you're still playing 60 per, you know 600 ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see it. Like, you're asking them to be a team that they haven't been all year. And you're asking them to be that team when these guys are coming up on their innings limit. So I don't see that happening at all for these guys. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm just like, what have we always said before in regards to trading for a pitcher? In the years past, it's like, hey, we don't want to trade for a pitcher now because we're assuming the risk that he's going to get hurt for when this team is going to be the next great Padres team. And so this year, if it's not it, why am I trading for Cindergard, who's been... 
who hasn't been the cleanest track record of health. Like, why am I trading for Syndergaard? Why am I trading for Bauer, who, who will only be here next year? one real year of excellent performance. Well, I mean, let's be honest. He's He was great. I love Bauer. I, I do, too. As, as a pitcher. Yes. As a person. <laughs> when it comes to him, when he steps on the mound, I love that guy. I want that guy on my team. But when it comes to the control and all that... I don't know. Am I going to trade pieces for that guy? What's he going to be? Our Kevin Brown next year? Like and kill the depth, right? I just rattled off nine guys that are starters. We have two. We really we have a going into next year. Assuming we don't make any trades, we have eleven guys who could legitimately start. We can fill yeah. out two rotations so, with Gore and Patino. I, I see Cindergard and, and I see kind of what it would cost when people say you know Urias would be, would be part of the deal. I see that. I see the Bauer talk. I don't know if I would go for either one of those guys. Stroman, I think, can be had relatively cheap. And when I say relatively cheap, that means that, you know, for our prospects, they're not that high up, but it actually does well for the Blue Jays. I agree. I can see Stroman being had, and I would would be open to bringing Stroman in. But the other guys, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to give up Luis Urias for... Cindergard. I'm not I'm creating not. a hole by filling another. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And I know people are talking, oh, we have, like, you know, and I'm sure Conniff is going to listen to this tomorrow, and we're going to get some angry tweets or some angry uh, DMs from him. But, like, yeah, we have Owen Miller. Great. <laughs> Owen Miller is in double A. He's, like, the same age or older as Urias. He seems like he might be a nice player, but he's also graded by two different scouting outlets as a 40 to 45, which is probably fringe regular to, like, borderline starter like he's a bat he's basically a major league backup to starter see best case scenario i don't care about that You're i talking do future value i don't give a fuck okay. let's put it this way that. owen miller's in double a and yeah he's hitting but he's still in double a urias is ready now and after that you don't have anybody so i don't want to trade that that's the thing is that i don't want to trade guys when it's going to create more holes, right like if we're going to make a trade i think you're right about stroman i think he could be had for the least amount um but also you have to trade from, like, surplus. We have a surplus of second baseman, but it's not like our surplus of pitching where we have going into next year, if we don't make any trades, 11 guys who could start. Like, you have some wiggle room there, even though I feel like they should just sit on it because I just want them to bullpen. There's nothing but, wrong with depth. No, absolutely not. The Dodgers are a prime example of how they don't trade, like, their best prospects, and they just create depth for guys. Like, I'm sure they could have made deals where they could have flipped, like, Chris Taylor or Max Muncie, well, maybe not going to next year as Muncie broke out, but Muncie, you know, Hernandez, Verdugo was a big piece. They have two different catchers, Kiva mm-hmm. Ruiz, and I, I forget the other guy's name. I think it's Will Smith is the name yeah. of the other catcher. Like, teams are asking for them. You know, they have Dustin May. They had Walker Bueller. You know, teams are asking for these guys, and they're like, no, we're not giving you, like, we're not trading these guys. I think the one prospect they gave up was uh, the kid. Alvarez. They, uh, well, Alvarez, but he was, like, borderline. I think his ceiling is, like, everyday regular. But uh, the kid they traded for uh, Foresight to Tampa Bay, I forget his name. He's been hurt this whole time. But even then, he was like five-starter, right? It'd be like us trading like Lucchese or Lauer or Logan Allen. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, it's like the Dodgers have been really smart about like, hey, we want to keep all this depth. Like, we want to have guys that we can just kind of plug in. If one guy goes down, oh, fuck, Seager went down. All right, Taylor, go to short. You know, they they have that kind of – oh, Pollock went down. Damn it. Bellinger go to center or – you know, Peterson go to center. Like, they've they've built their team around depth, and when they move a guy like Puig, because we all know they wanted to move Kemp, but when they move a guy like Puig, they slide Bellinger into the outfield, Muncy goes to first base, and now they can play Verdugo every day, and they have Pollock. And so yeah. I look at that and think, like, how could you say you want to, like, take away from this depth when, A, pitchers' attrition rates are awful. Marver's article today, uh, he did have a spelling error in there. I forget what it was. Oh, really? He was so excited to release it. He left a spelling in there, error in there. <laughs> 
But his article made a lot. It's not of, like we haven't seen spelling errors I, everywhere. I mean, really, compared from to the all other, the young men that put stuff out. Compared to the other stuff that you like to send me, this one probably had this one had one as opposed to like one every paragraph. But well, if he throws in a few more, he'll be ready for the UT. <laughs> <laughs> Among other outlets, yes. But um, like Marver's article, like what well, yesterday opened my eyes to as far as the bullpenning, and then Marver's article just solidifying or cementing my thoughts is that. You know, he mentioned, like, Padres have suffered from, like, high attrition rates, like, in the past. Like, guy like Luke keep blowing out, right? Right. All the guys we took prior when uh, Hoyer was here and then when Burns was here, like, a lot of those guys really haven't panned. Like, Joe Ross has not panned out. He's been injured. You know, a lot of the other, like, Matt Andres isn't really anything. He's, like, he's a guy that you would use to bullpen a game. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the guys they moved haven't really done anything. And it's higher than usual attrition rates given the quality of their farm system at the time. And Marver made a good point. He's like, you know, the Padres get going through normal attrition. Like, you know some of these guys are going to hit. So you keep them around because the guys that don't hit well, if this guy doesn't hit, right? Like if Ornelas is – Ornelas took a big step back this year. But guess what? Oliveris has stepped the fuck up. All of a sudden, a guy who we got as a lottery ticket for Solarte is putting trying to put himself on the map. He might put himself on the map as a young 20-something in double-A. So I look at that and think, like, do I really want to give up all that like multiple guys who come with six years of control age who like if one goes down like if one guy goes down that's one guy less you have because you shipped him up if Cindergard goes down which is high probability he is only cleared 150 innings once and he might do it this year and he's not very good this year for whatever reason it's like if he goes down well you just shipped off two or three guys that could have stepped in if one guy went down yeah right like i just i don't see the need for it and then i look back at uh the Pirates, somebody brought up in a Twitter uh, thread we have going, our uh, our Mexican Twitter thread, uh-huh. and he mentioned, hey, you know, our like... Mexican Twitter That's thread. what it is. That's what it is. We have one honorary white guy. <laughs> uh, who's the honorary white guy? It's Mr. Cook. <laughs> a motherfucker, dude. I don't know how he infiltrated it. All of your Vitas, chinga. <laughs> chinga tus Vitas. I, like, where's he it? threatened us with ice. Give us a break. Okay. Anyways, so I think he was just offering ice water and we got scared. But nonetheless, you know... <laughs> I mean, it was brought up in the thread where it's like, look at what the Pirates did last year. The Pirates were this year's Padres. They're right on the cusp. They're kind of in this murky middle. You know, they had some young guys like Josh Bell was coming up, etc. They had a, a whatever the guy they got, Moran and Musgrove, all that goes, right? And they were kind of on the cusp. So what did they do? They go on and hastily make a trade with uh, Tampa Bay and instantly regret it, right? They went out. We were supposed to give up. I think it, it, end up, uh, it ended up being Urias, Renfro, and somebody else for Archer. Right. Thank God we didn't make that trade. Yep. Because Archer was never that good. He's like James Shields 2.0. Is this, his peak seems to be over a lot sooner. And now the Pirates are stuck with the Archer contract, which I'm sure they don't want. They're, they're a cheap team. And they lost two guys they could actually be using right now. Yeah. So I don't want the Potters to be that where they take depth that could make them very good for the next five to seven years and ship that to try to make a run at the next year and a half. There's a lot of talk, though. Like I feel like there's more talk than usual about the Padres making a move. Like, there's Morosi. No one cares about Morosi. I feel like there's the same amount of talk this year as there was last year when Archer was out there. I feel like there's a little more, man. I, the thing is with these guys and the way that they're playing, and really, they're five games under 500. Yeah. You know, so, like, teams like that don't make a big splash. No. Generally. So... There's more talk, and, and I'm just kind of nervous that they're going to mortgage not really that big of a piece of the future in order for a temporary gain in something that's not going to pan out. Like, they're not going to make the playoffs. We know that. Yeah. But there's a lot of chatter, and I'm sitting here, I'm like, man, are they going to actually make a move? I don't think... 
If you had to say right now, are they going to make a move or are they not going to make a move? No. I think they're going to stand pat. I think... I think... Well... Uh, they're me, listening. They're going to listen. Like, doors are open. If you want to come in and, and offer, you know, offer something yeah. for Gates, offer something for maybe Renfro. I had a trade idea listen. in mind. I don't know how realistic it is, but I look at a team, like, I can see them making a trade if it makes, I don't think Renfro's going anywhere. I don't think they're going to give up on Fran Mill. Um, and I think having those guys, having that outfield depth works really well. The only two moves I, I could really say, like, I'm really open for business for is as much as it pains me to say, they have to find a way to move Myers. He's not going to thrive here. He's not because there's no spot for him. I can't tell you going forward that Hunter Renfro isn't going to be as good or better than Will Myers. He's only a year younger, but he's also cheaper. He's made huge strides this year. And even if he doesn't hold up, his defense is really what's boosting up his value. Now, I think his defense can hold because he was scouted as being like, hey, this guy could be pretty good defensively. He seems to have found his niche, so leave him alone. Myers... I think he's done here. I just, he hasn't lived up to expectations. He's been bounced all over the place. I just feel like he needs a fresh start. Excuse me, somewhere else. Margot, we might as well bring it up right now. Since Margot, uh, since June first, Margot's hitting 277. He's put up a 393 on base. He's slugging over 520. He's been 40 percent better than league average. He's already almost two WAR per Fangraphs. Oh, and by the way, he plays amazing defense. Yeah. Dude. <clears throat> oh, and he's 13-4. In stolen bases, the one thing you said going into the year, uh, I think Scanlon brought it up, or uh, Agler brought it up, somebody brought it up on a broadcast, whether TV or radio, but they said, oh, you know, Margot, it's a big part of his game, he's finally stealing bases. It was Uncle Ted, he's like, he's 13 for 13. He just didn't know how, and now he knows how. <laughs> he figured it out. He figured out how to take his speed and actually, like, be a good base runner and not just fast. Right. But, so he there's some development there, and the first thing that popped up was you telling us at the beginning of the year when we would talk about it, Man, I just want Margot to steal more bases. Like, I feel like, you know, he's fast. Like, yeah. I don't know why he's not stealing bags. Now he's doing it. So it's like, what the hell are you going to do with Myers? Like, you have two good defensive outfielders and Reyes. You have Jankowski, who I would rather have off the bench than Myers. Not because he's a better hitter, but because he's gives you a good competitive. He's like, Jankowski is the Greg Garcia of outfielders. That's a good, yeah. That's I mean, he's better good. defensively, but yeah. he you can plug him in anywhere in the outfield he runs the base as well. He plays good defense. He brings value there, and he gives you competitive. He's at-bats. a pesky at bat. Yeah, he's Greg Garcia. Like Greg Garcia is great. He yeah. works the bat. He works the count. He can plug him in anywhere in the fucking infield. Like Jankowski is that guy just in the outfield, which I think is amazingly valuable. Absolutely. So it makes me feel like they should really look into. Like if you got to take on like a bad, con- I don't know who's a bad contract out there that they could take on, but like. They took on fucking Hector Oliveras for Matt Kemp and then just ate that deal. Like They're going to end hey, up eating money. Yeah. I mean, hey, hey, Diamondbacks, why don't we swap deals with Yosemite Tomas and we'll just eat his money? Oh, I, don't know how, I don't know how many years are left on the deal, but I'm just saying. That hurts, man. Just as an example. Not saying that particular deal, but just as an example, right? Yeah. Like, let's take somebody's bad contract and just eat it to try to get rid of Wills. Or, I mentioned this, like, people are saying, oh, he doesn't have any value. If you tell a team you can have three years of Will Myers at $10 million, like, that's not bad. Andrew Kashner was terrible, and he got a $10 million deal from Texas, and then somehow suckered the Orioles into giving him money. Yeah. So I think if you offer a team and say, hey, you know, you can have him at three years at 10 mil, we'll eat half the deal, a team is going to look at that and go, well, if he plays really well, we really only have to pay him five because then we can flip him to some other team and get some value out of him, and that team's only going to have to pay him half of that $20 million that or $30 mil. So. Kind of like the Matt Matt Kemp deal, <laughs> where it's just like his contract is yeah. paid by like four different teams. Yep, yep. Yeah. And now he's not playing for anybody. But I, I think there's there's that. And then with Yates, I'm only open to it depending on the return. I am not 
not packaging Yates and Myers. No, I, no, you're diminishing I the value. I hate that idea. It's a dumb idea. That's you're the basically, dumbest thing that I've you're seen. You're selling Will Myers' contract to get nothing back. I would rather have Will Myers on the team. Yeah. I would rather have Myers on the team. I mentioned Atlanta as a trade partner because they need bullpen help, right? They're, right. The fans were chanting for Kimbrell. <laughs> Yeah. When he was on the market. Yeah, they could use Curb. They could. For sure. And they have, they already have Acuna playing center. They have, uh, God, what's it? NCR coming back. And then they have Christian Pache, who's their top position player. I think he's their top prospect. He's also a center fielder. They have a kid who's almost 20, if not 20 already, in high A, <clears throat> who looks like he's going to fucking play. His name is, uh, I believe, is uh, Drew Waters, I think was his name. Uh-huh. There's a guy. Like, yeah. let's do it one for one. We'll give him a year and a half. Like, you don't need this guy. He's clearly blocked. You have nowhere to put him. Yeah. Right? So I could see that. And Maybe not him specifically, but that's what I'm talking about. A kid who's in maybe low or high A, who's got great ups, good to great upside, and you just do a one for one deal. That's And, and it's like a good play, like a really good prospect. Not the Oliveris lottery ticket is how I'm dealing age. If they're not coming to the door with that. It's like Paddock and Rodney. Yeah. One for one. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. One for one. Except this time, like, Yates is really good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rodney wasn't bad. Rodney but, was you good. Know, Maybe the yeah. all-star team. Yeah. Give him a nice ovation. Right. But, uh, you know, something like that where you, you go for the high upside guy who might be a lottery ticket. Yeah, because... but don't, don't attach him to Myers, dude. No, 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 no. Every time, like, if I'm reading people, and, and generally around trade deadline, when people talk about, like, you know, their ideas for trades, I, I just tune it out. But as soon as I see, <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely, I'm going to package those guys to dump Myers' contract. Done. Mute. I'm just mute the conversation. If I'm included, because I get dragged into a lot of these threads, but you if, do, dude. I just immediately mute it. But it's I'm, such a bad idea. Like you're giving Kirby Yates away just to try to get under a contract. It's Myers just... has been bad, but let me ask you this: Do you need to dump his deal? Like, no. yeah, his contract sucks. Yeah, he's he doesn't really have a place. But do you need to run out there and make it a priority to eat that deal? I don't, I don't think you should make it. it a priority. I think you should actively look to do it. But Marvin made a good point. Our best pinch hitter right now off the bat, the first guy we go to off the bench is, I'm assuming he's talking about Myers, is like a regular outfield. Like he's a regular, he's not like a backup technically. Yeah, so it's just I see his deal and I'm like, <coughs> it's he's, not like. He's did, still only 10% below league average offensively according to baseball reference. They knew, they knew that they were going to have to pay him and it didn't hinder them from signing Machado. And I'm looking at it now and I'm like, who else are we going to have to pay? You know what I mean? Who else are we going to bring in? Are, are you going to bring in Garrett Cole? I would love it. But are you going to bring him in? No, probably not. More than likely not. I would be but stunned if they made other, any kind of What other free move, agents are going to bring in to where Myers' contract is really that big of a hindrance? Yeah. And at that point, they're still well under league average as far as their payroll. Well, next year when Myers gets bumped up, you know, it might but be a little really, bit different. But not even, because a lot of the dead cares? money that's coming off breaks even with his increase in That's pay. a good point. At that point, who cares? It's like I, I, Myers' contract isn't as bad. It's a, it's a bad contract but it's not as doom and gloom is what everyone not, paints it out he's to 10 percent below league average he's had a rough year fangraphs did an article where he is tattooing the ball when he makes contact he's just swinging through a lot so maybe he's just yeah. swinging too hard maybe he's needs- swinging too hard it could happen that's another one that i see when everyone's like you know these guys need to stop hitting so many home runs mute done nope, nope, done nope, with nope. the conversation i'm not saying stop hitting so many home runs what i'm saying is that the fangraph article does have some merit in that Yes, he's hitting the ball harder. Yes, he's hitting home runs at a higher, you know, per at-bat clip. But he's also striking out a lot. Like, he's getting beat on pitches that usually he would demolish. Yeah. So maybe he is over... I do think you can overswing. And so maybe he's overswinging. So when he connects, yeah, he obliterates it. But he's not connecting as often. So maybe there's that. But I don't think he's a lost cost either. But if a team is willing to take him and you only have to eat half the deal, great. 
Don't package him with Yates. If a team no. is willing to blow your socks off for a package of Yates and Renfro, great, let's do it. But if not, don't trade either of them. Why not? Are you trading Renfro? Because we had talked about this. Oh, yeah. Month. Are you trading him? I'm not trading him now. I mean, I, I have the same stance. I'm open to pretty much anything, but it has to be, like, really good value coming back to Padres' way. I'm not just dumping Renfro, right? Like, I'm not trading him just because, oh, we're out of it. I might as well shop. Like, it's like, dude, I have four years of control for this guy. And even if his offense goes back to what he is, which is roughly around league average or so, you know, low on base, high power, his defense makes him an everyday player, an above average everyday player. Maybe not an all-star, but an above average everyday player. People look at, like, it's like Reyes. People look like he's struggling, He's still 15 to 20% better than league average offensively. Yeah. That's struggling. Yeah, and you look at baseball savant, he's hitting the piss out of the ball, yeah, too. He's clawing. He's another the guy ball. when he makes contact, hits the piss as out. As soon of as he figures out how to draw like two extra walks every hundred plate appearances, good luck, everybody. Yeah. So, so no, I, I'm not I'm open to trading Renfro. I'm not trading Rays at all for obvious bias, <laughs> bias reasons. But um, I felt like that somebody mentioned the clubhouse would be gutted. If, it they, would. if they traded him. Absolutely. And as would. much as I'm not like a team, because this team, this team has excellent chemistry, right? No, well, yeah. they're still terrible. <laughs> so don't give me that this team likes each other crap and it equals winning because it doesn't. But I do think that you do have to take in consideration that there is a human element to your clubhouse. If you trade a guy who, by all intents and purposes, seems to be one of the more favorite guys on the team that your fucking superstar sits there and sings and dances with, <laughs> yeah. then maybe, and he's not like bad and he's really young, maybe you shouldn't trade him. I don't think they have to pick. It's it's not an either-or No, anymore. they don't. Because, let it play out. Yeah. Like, the things, we were always sitting there like, oh, hey, you know, we have Margot is really good in center, and then... You know, the corners, oh, God, you have Reyes and you have Renfro. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Like the, the Now it's just like, oh, man. And Reyes isn't even bad in the outfield from, like, a standpoint of, like, he can play. Like, he's not Naylor. Like, Naylor's poor. He's had some bad moments, Fran Mo has. He, but he's just too big to be out there. I think the emergence of Renfro and his defense this year makes it to where we can live you with can live with, with Reyes out and right now. I, I wish that they would swap those two. Yeah. I don't know I, why. I don't know why they don't either. I don't know why Reyes isn't in left field and Renfro is in right. I don't know why that's an option or why I that's love, happening. But I love watching Renfro. Who did he – somebody held up uh, over the – I think it was yesterday. He Russell, got a, was it Russell? Uh, when he doubled him off at second? Oh, no, no, no. I love that. That was at 95, 494? 96, 96 yeah. there you go. No, he was in right after a double switch and somebody rounded the bag. And he threw a fucking pee <laughs> to home from right field. And I'm like... Oh, that was Bias. Yeah, there he goes, Bias. And Bias... Yeah, that's right, because Bias held up yeah. and messing with Manny. I love Javi Bias, by yeah. the way. I absolutely love that guy. Yep. But, like, it's like, why isn't he in right field? Like, I feel like runners are more likely to challenge a ball, hit to the right side to try to score from second than they are to left. Unless you have, like, a pie thrower out there. Like yeah. Matt Camp, right? With no arm. Yeah. Like... Move him to right. I don't. I agree with you. I don't know why, but it's got to be something with Reyes. It has yeah. to be because but he's never playing left. He's ever. never. Maybe he's, he's never out there. Yeah, maybe. So. Well, hopefully, he doesn't suffer from my uh, from my issues where I was pretty good in right and then I aged and now I can't play anywhere. We don't want to get started <laughs> with your issues. Let's get the uh, Padres Twitter segment going here. You guys, you guys left a lot of good messages, and we, and we always appreciate that. And you, we bring up the thread on there. Yes, um, I will. Because there, do they, do they leave questions on there still? Well, there's a couple good ones that that people had. Uh, put on there as far as just comments but let's play some of these i i haven't listened to any of these yet and i know that you haven't but i'm reading some of the transcripts oh, and God. some of them kind of seem promising but let's yeah you, you tell me this every week and it's always the same shit show so let's we'll give see. it a look let's see what you guys got this week morning boys this is andy i mean a g burner 
Um, <laughs> what's your thoughts on the manager of the Padres? I forgot his name. Also, uh, give me names of who you think are uh, slam dunk candidates for the divisive dozen of Padre Twitter. Um, maybe <laughs> rhymes with like maybe eh, Agnetti or Lori A. Stu. I'll take your answer off the air. Thanks, guys. Oh, Later. Oh, this is Johnny. <laughs> he called into <laughs> he called into um, Ben and Woods this morning. He was talking about the. Uh, what was it the the divisive dozen on Padres Twitter about the people that you know they have their opinions and you know they're they're you know steadfast in their opinions and everyone else kind of follows them. So he he said that. So who's part of the the divisive dozen on Padres Twitter? The divisive dozen. Yeah, I he mean, says that there's a handful of people that are like the the decision makers on Padres Twitter. Like hey, once they feel one way, everyone all the followers keep coming in. If you had to put people in that in kind of that bucket, who would you put? I'm putting I'm putting HJ in there. Yeah, I think Marver. You can you can lump yeah. him in there. Yeah, um, put Marver in there. I'd say Sackbunt Dustin, the Sackbunt guys, Sackbunt Dustin. Only I mean he's super informative about what he tweets out. Yeah, and I think because of that, people are like, okay, yeah, I see it. He's yeah. basically what I've been trying to do to you for like ten years, but he gets it done in like 140 characters or less. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah. I think Woodsy's in there. Yeah, Woodsy's very active. Definitely on Woodsy. Padres Twitter. I'll toss myself in there for sure. Yes, um, because I love stirring shit up. <laughs> Uh, Padres Medi. Farm is starting to, uh, yeah, Medi. Medi's in there. Corey Stewart's in there for sure. Padres Farm starting to, I think, uh, make a <laughs> make a run at it. <laughs> that fucking guy, dude. That guy kills me. Fucking guy's a trip. And I can already see the fucking the the responses. The Urias traits. He is. Let me tell you something, Eric. He is bringing on the wrath of the Hispanic community. I love it. The Hispanic community it's is going to so make funny. him into a pinata. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's so funny. You guys view him as like the Donald Trump of Padres Twitter. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, let's see what we got next. And and I already know that there's gonna be people that are that are responding to the um, podcast tweets and like, oh, you didn't mention me. What about me? Fuck you. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got next. Hey guys, this is uh, at Padre Fan Deeks from the Fire Faithful Podcast on Twitter. Uh, Eric, this this question is for you. I just wanted to know precisely how big your boner is about how well Francisco Mejia has been playing. If you could give me an exact measurement, that'd be awesome. Uh, thanks for the show, and have a good one, guys. Padre Fan Deeks. Should we get studio announcer Kelsey in on this to weigh in? <laughs> or at least, why don't you give us the measurement, and then we'll bring Kelsey in to verify. Yeah. No, let's... skip that? Yeah. Well, as far as the, the massive boner from uh, Mejia playing well, dude, all, all I can say is solid, solid six inches. Girth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we didn't answer the Andy Green question. I'm just playing. What, what do you mean? mean? He asked the, the the AG burner question. There was uh, asking us. Uh, oh, that was the last call. He yeah, wanted to know. know what you thought about about Andy Green. Yeah, he wanted to know what we thought about him. Okay. I don't okay. Really... You want to go back to the last one? Go ahead. Yeah, I don't really care about Andy Green. Oh. I don't care one way or the other if he stays or goes. I don't think it matters. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I just want to answer the question. Let me tell you something, motherfucker. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. You think just because you go on the Twitter and you put your little. Uh, pictures with the little, little moving faces and stuff on it, but that's so fucking cool that you're like some kind of a fucking hero. You think you're a fucking hero? My fucking dad fought in the Falklands, man. He was knee deep in the shit. He's a fucking hero. Pete Alonzo is a fucking hero. You ain't shit. Thank you for that. Mets Twitter. Does he mean uh, regular fat guy Pete Alonzo? I believe it's called a gif. I believe that's no, Eric, it's a picture with moving faces. Oh, God. <laughs> that's fantastic. Hey, guys. It's 
It's Cook. I just got done crying because of Jose Perella. Can we please have a moment of silence? Thanks. Go Mejia. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. You want to have a, a moment of silence for Jose Perella? He sounded devastated. We already had a moment of silence to open the show. That's all he needs. It wasn't a moment of silence. Let's do a moment of silence for Jose The Perella. last time we did a moment of silence is for Tony Gwynn. You want to follow up a moment of silence for Tony Gwynn with a moment of silence for Jose Perella? <laughs> Alright. There's your moment of silence right there for Jose Perilla. Let's go to the next call. Hey, uh, I just want to say uh, what's up to those me fans of 5.5 podcasts, Jose Perilla. <laughs> just wanted to say goodbye to y'all and uh, thank you for having me in San Diego. And uh, Aztecs don't deserve the Mission Valley site. Yes! Bring that man back! <laughs> Bring him back as a coach! Hashtag bring him home. Jose bring him back Perella. as a coach. Thank you for that. Oh, God. Man, I was not expecting the Jose Perella calls here no. today at all. Well, he's got nothing better to do. Yeah. Fuck you, Eric. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Let's see what else. <laughs> Clearly, that last message was directed towards Eric Anatole Burns. Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. I thought for sure that that was towards me. So this guy says, fuck you, Eric Burns. Yeah, you know what? It's funny. I liked Burns up until I found... I didn't know he did that shit with Machado. I had forgot all about that. I had no idea. I yeah. Had no, I had no idea he did that shit. Yeah. Which I find is... Like, if you don't like Machado, great. But it's like, to call a guy, like, okay, he stepped on him. There's a lot of guys who played dirty, right? Yeah. Like, Rizzo legitimately has gone out of his way twice to blow up a catcher via dropkick. Oh, absolutely. And has not gotten... I mean, he basically admitted, yeah, the league called me and told me not to do it. And that was it. That was it. Slap on the wrist, right? Are they disgusting? Are they deplorable or a disgrace to the game? What about racist, homophobe Josh Hader? Yeah. Or uh, what about uh, Ryan Braun? You know, P. Not only is a P. Lion Ryan. Chief, Lion Ryan. Not only not only get caught. Not only did he lie. He got a guy fired. Dragged a guy through the mud and had his his integrity questioned, just to try to save his ass, only to admit it a year later. Like Addison that, Russell. Yeah. There's another Derek Norris. I could yeah. Aroldis Chapman. Roberto was a Roberto Osuna. Yep. I mean, we could go on and on, yep. on and on and on about scumbags in the league. Other than, uh, did he shit on? Uh, did he shit on Max Muncy for stepping on Reese Hoskins? Yeah, that happened twice in that Dodger game. Yeah, yeah, that happened twice. Nobody said shit. And of course some, not. Some fucking Dodger fan. Dodger fan goes, "Oh well, it was really you know the bags are slippery as fuck and it was raining <laughs> and I'm like, I swear to God, this wasn't. It's not verbatim, but yeah." The bag was slippery as fuck, and I tweet. I didn't get a response out of him, but I tweeted back and said, "Great, the bag was wet as fuck. What does that have to do with running in the thick mud in a straight line when he never hit the bag in the first place?" Yeah, Jesus Almighty. Well, the bag was wet, so he figured he would step on his dry clean. I guess uh, I don't know. <laughs> For God's sakes. Yeah, that was really disappointing, man. I don't. They didn't even show it in the highlights, from what I understand, because I don't watch MLB Network. But they didn't even show it in the highlights. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't see what Machado was talking about either. And you know, everyone knows by now Machado was watching Plesac and Burns stand up from wrist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Plesac and Burns, biggest tools, tools out, out there. there. <laughs> uh, so you guys have all seen that. But 
You know, I completely forgot. I don't know if I forgot or if I just didn't see it the first time around because, like, Machado yeah. wasn't really on the radar, really, because he was a Dodger at that yeah. point in time. But oh, I remember. Burns, I remember people questioning it, but I don't remember Eric Burns going off. That's really disappointing because I had always really liked Eric Burns, and that was like the day after he came out, yeah. just basically verbally blowing, blowing Tatis, Tatis yeah. Jr., which was amazing. And I will say, like breakdowns like that are the reason why I loved Eric Burns, and like not anymore to see that. I'm, I'm now just, Carlos Pena, man, Placata. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty disappointing, man. That's a big bummer. Was... Eric Burns can suck a fat one. Yeah. You know what? He's the prime example. Because remember, Milton Bradley called him out for eyewash hustling? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Burns, oh, yeah. Is, Burns is the exact example of what Manny says he's not. Johnny hustle, Johnny try hard. I'm going to hustle to make it look like I'm trying really hard. Yeah. Eyewash hustle. Yep. That's... There's another scumbag, Milton Bradley. Like, those guys on MLB Network, like, guys like Burns, like, they regardless of what they feel, they need to be objective. Agreed. Yeah, they need to be objective with what they see. That's why I love Harold Reynolds. Um, oh, God. Let's go to the next call. I quit. Hey, this is Padres Farm. As I've always said, it's about the damn time the Padres called up Luis Urias. So I got to say, he looks like a big future, big part of the future of the team and future Hall of Famer. You know, I called that. Don't trade him. <laughs> It's too late to repent now. They already have Padres Farm pinatas all scattered all over Tijuana that they're mercilessly beating the shit out of. God, man. I, I, I hear Padres Farm pinatas are really popular in Sonora. Yeah. Yeah, I think they are. So, yeah, Padres Farm, he said all along that, hey, you know, that they're doing it for the, the greater good of Urias. They're doing it for his best interest. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure and no loved, one else can see that. I'm sure he loved traveling around on buses, making the all-star team wondering, what the fuck am I doing down here? Yeah, absolutely. So let's go to, uh, this is the last call that we have here. Hey, this is Sam Nair, 24. With the trade deadline next week, obviously a lot of rumors are going around, so I want to tell you one that my sources are telling me. <laughs> it's that Pete Alonso went to bed the whole week leading up to Chris Paddock matchup. Can you confirm or deny this? Pete Alonso wet the bed all week. <laughs> going up to the Chris Paddock matchup. I, I can neither confirm nor deny that. But you know, there's something kind of weird that I just that I just noticed from the uh, from that call that sounded a lot like Padres Farm that last called. So maybe Sam just got caught in the act of impersonating Padres Farm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he did. I could see Alonzo peeing his pants. I think he put out there he's like struck out 14 times or something like that in his last yep. handful of games. Or Dude, he's basically sucked. That's the thing I really want to see. So and this Mets week, fan going, oh, he's the most so exciting some girl. Some girl the, most exciting, the most exciting player. The most player. exciting player. Yeah. Like, or you, more exciting than Tuckies. You take the fucking bat out of his hands. And he's fucking dead in the sack. What are you talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so dude, what I really want to see, like Paddock has to own, has to own Alonzo this week. Like I'm praying for it. And anything else in the series, I don't care. I don't care what else happens. Yes, I would love to win. But I am laser focused on needing Paddock to shred Pete Alonzo. Like the post-game thread needs it. Like, the, the final score thread really needs it badly. So, um, I'm kind of scrolling through the actual um, written responses here, or typed-up responses here. And Sam, once again, uh, Sam says, Everyone brings up Hedges' great defense in the debate versus Mejia, but can you talk about how much his E-R-I-C plus has been dropping? What the hell? Oh, God. <laughs> so, there's M more and there's E-R-I-C plus. Um, yeah, Hedges ERIC plus is as low as it can get. So, um, as far as ERIC plus, it's from a scale of zero, which means absolute scrub, all the way up to 69, which is like 
elite. <laughs> okay, Mejia is a sixty nine right now. I got to be honest. He's he's really gotten one M war so far yesterday, right? Yeah, uh, one M war yesterday. He's at a sixty nine ERIC plus. Uh, Hedges is uh, probably negative, dude. I think he's in the negative now. For fair sure. to say, uh, Tatis and uh, Machado are uh, the team leaders in M war. I haven't looked up the stat on uh, Fat Graphs yet, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I don't know if you've updated the stats there. Yeah, I, I think that's a okay. safe assumption. A safe assumption for sure. Um, let's take a look in regards to this next one here because this is kind of interesting. Uh, Friarworks at Who's Your Padres? Uh, it says Padres fans are falling in love with their guys now that some prospects are starting to blossom. How will you feel if they move your guy, knowing it might be the best move for the team to win? Well, I disagree that it will be. Well, we just kind of talked <laughs> yes. about that in regards to um, Urias. I think all yeah. the guys that are on the block, so to speak. Um, Urias is going to be the guy that is going to be our guy that yeah. would be traded. And uh, I would throw Fran Mill in there as well. I'd, I'd be bummed, dude. Yeah, I'd, it, it's hard to look at it with unbiased eyes. You know what I mean? Even objectively speaking, I would be bummed for two reasons on... Well, Fran Mill, I'd be bummed because it's completely obje- it's, it's sub- completely subjective. I think he's a fun guy. He fucking oozes charisma. He can hit. Yeah, and I like Fran Mill. I, he's like our Solarte, except he's better. Um, but with Urias, it bums me out from like an analytical point of view. Cause when I take a step back and think about it, that means we're stuck with fucking Kinsler and Garcia platooning, which has proven to be like half a win above replacement damn near a hundred games into the season. It's just yeah. been like, it's just been suboptimal. And to me, like as a Padre fan, I'm like, we have enough pitching. Like we're going to trade Urias to get pitching, but then we're going to run like basically one pretty good player in Garcia who might be having a career year and a guy who's been fucking toast the last year in Kinsler. And it's like, that's just suboptimal. Like, right. It looks like we're finally about to click. Like Hosmer's not very good when compared to other first basemen. I think last I checked, he was anywhere three to five worst offensive first basemen in the league, but at least he's not an auto out, right? Like he's at least like he's passable. And then it's like, then we have these young guys in the infield. We're going to take that away and then have like an average bat at first. And then, like, two backups playing second base. One of which is probably not even a backup. He's probably, like, a DFA candidate in Kinsler. Yeah. All just to get better in one spot while getting worse in the other. Like, that's what would kill me. Right? Like, trading Fran Mill, that doesn't make the team... It makes the team better based on what you get back. But it doesn't make the team better as a whole because now you're taking a bat out of the middle of the order and a team that's very home run reliant. You're plucking that to play Myers every day, presumably to get better in the rotation. I don't think that makes you better as a whole. I just think it's a lateral move. I would agree. Uh, Latimer Ridley. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. At Ridley Latimer. He says, It's October 2020. <laughs> I was reading this. And the Ben and Woods show <laughs> is giving out two free tickets to Game 1 of the World Series with the Padres playing host to the Yankees. You win the ticket, but the only stipulation is you have to sit by and babysit one of Ian Kinsler or Matt Kemp. Who do you pick? Who are you babysitting? Ian Kinsler or Matt Kemp? I'd rather babysit Matt Kemp. At least he wasn't useless here in, like, blocking one of our favorite prospects. Yeah. I, I, you know, to be quite honest, I would pick Matt Kemp purely because of the fans that would come up to him. And when I say fans, I mean female fans. Yes. I think that they're going to be uh, prime. Yes. I'd also like to hear the story <laughs> of Bud Black's black eye. Yes. Yes. I would love to hear that as well. So, um, he says again, continuing with the October 2020 yes. theme and Game 1 shenanigans... Uncle Ron decides to let one fan representing Padres Twitter to throw out the first pitch of Game 1. Who do you pick and why? Remember, Joe Buck is going to be com- commentating on this, oh, and the geez. whole country is watching. So who from Padres Twitter is going to throw out the first pitch I already know of Game 1 of the World Series? Who is it? I got Matty Luan. 
Matty Luan? Yeah. Why the fuck would you have Luan throwing the first pitch? Number one, he's carved us up. So I know he can throw a strike. We've never faced him. Did you say we faced him? Oh, no, no. he played with yeah, us. Yeah, we That's played right. with him. Well, number one. I'm not giving the ball to Luan. I am. He's going to throw a fucking strike. He's going to he's gonna spike one. No, he's not. If we have Luan. You hear that, Luan? Yeah. He thinks you're going to spike it. He doesn't think you <laughs> got what it takes in between the years. And I have all the faith in the world. That he would throw a strike. Hey, and that's man. why. Maybe he will throw a strike, but all I'm saying is if Luan's throwing first pitch, you better have Hedgie back there to block <laughs> it. That's all I'm saying. Ooh, that's a tough scene. All right, who do you got? First pitch for Padres Twitter. That's tough, dude. That's tough because you got to pick one, and if you don't yeah, pick... Yeah, I feel like Woodsy would do... Uh, I feel like Woodsy should be honored. Yeah, but it's against the Yankees, and I, I don't want Oh, it's want, against I don't the Yankees. To... Oh, yeah, he ain't going to do that. Yeah. You couldn't pay him to do that. He might walk away from the show. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I'm, dude, I'm going to have to go with H.J. Preller because he's supposed to throw one in Monterey, and to be quite honest, I want to see how badly DJ Wayne would squirm. I feel like I feel, <laughs> if he's out there. I feel like if it's not going to be Woodsy or HJ Preller or Luan, we should have Ben Higgins throw it just to see yeah. how how bad the throw would be. Just yeah. to see. If you're not going to get a strike, then let's go the opposite direction and let's see Ben Higgins as athletic athletic wherewithal and see <laughs> if he can throw a strike. Yeah, uh, I would like Ben. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to take someone that encompasses everyone and that, you know... I think H.J. would fit. You know what? Fuck it. Throw Marver up there. He talks a big fucking game. <laughs> Throw his ass up there so he can sail it into the into the third base dugout. Yeah, you know. I, I, w- I would want to take someone that is, is a true representative of Padres Twitter and someone that I feel, like, really, really confident that, like, hey, like, this is my guy. You know what I mean? And, and I'd, I'd give it to Brady. I'd let Brady do it. <laughs> At lob shots. They're giving out bobbleheads? Yeah. That night? <laughs> so, anyways. Um, I think that'll do it about today. Is there anything yeah. else you want to throw out there? You mentioned Andy Green. Let's talk about Andy Green a little bit. I'm so tired of like hearing There's that. a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk about Andy Green. And I... people are pretty passionate about either they want him to go. In one, in one side, the people really want him to go. On the other side, people are like, hey, who cares? Who cares? Like, what is Andy going to do? Andy hasn't had anything up until this point. I do like, disagree blame with that. that on to Preller. Point. Blame that on Preller. So here's, you, here's you my... say you don't care. I don't care because I'm of the mind and have long been of the mind that the manager only impacts it. What's the over-under? Three wins maybe? Like, you've heard, I've seen it with, I know nobody likes him. Keith Law said it. Fangraphs have said it. Other, other inside, <sighs> other guys have said, like, the manager, I mean, is really only going to be... What, over under three wins swing, right? So it's like, to me, like, is Andy Green the guy for the future? I don't fucking know. Given his, probably not. But I don't think it's because Rod Barajas is magically better. Like, like people pine for Barajas, and I don't know why. I have no idea why, because he was Andy Green before Andy, you know, before Andy Green. He's a fucking well-liked, highly viewed upon minor league manager who had some success, and I know Green won some awards. Green was a hot-to-trot coach in Arizona. It's like, it's what Barajas is. There's no guarantee he's going to be better, number one. Number two, um, I just don't feel like firing him does anything. I don't feel like having a different guy in here would do much better, if not much worse. It's kind of like when they had Pat Murphy in here. Like, they fired Bud Black. It was the same fucking team. Yeah. It's like, you know, changing the manager. People fire managers all the time. You just only hear about it when firing the manager and the team magically turns it around. That's the only time you hear about it. Yeah. If how do you where do you think I stand for Andy? Because you know how I am. I usually fly off the cuff. I'm I, like honestly, based on the various because we haven't really threads, talked about yeah, it that much. We haven't, but we haven't talked about it because I think you're in the same boat as me. You don't really give a fuck. 
I don't. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. Like, like if they're gonna go out and go get Joe Girardi, I know Woods doesn't like he tries to warn us, but yeah. like or Moises Salou would be interesting. He's managing the WBC. I'd assume he's managing the Caribbean leagues. Tati Senior manages. Like that'd be interesting. Like to get like a more good his, lord Hispanic. I'm just throwing like names out. Like guys who have managed like. If you manage in the in the WBC is a playoff atmosphere. The Caribbean series is a playoff atmosphere. It's like every game counts. You're gonna bring a guy in there who hey, speaks English and speaks Spanish, knows how to handle players on you know playoff rosters and constantly you know changing rosters to WBC and all that stuff. Like the rosters are constantly evolving because you got teams pulling guys, teams sending guys. Like I think that would work out. I have a few concerns for Green, but overall, I do too. Overall, he gets a little too. I don't favorite with with certain types of players. Yeah, it's just like I, I wish, I wish, because he seems like now he just can't be bothered to learn Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I wish that he would, I would come see, in yeah. next season. You know, from Speaking Spanish. Yeah, just come into spring training. Just, you <laughs> Hola, know, cómo estás? Kick the door open, just like, <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh shit, <laughs> Senor Verde. Um, Starts dancing with Framil, does the Manny. Yeah, like <laughs> that is that's kind of. I I'm trying to envision this and I can't see it. That I see that I see that and that's <laughs> kind of an issue to me. And this is what I feel. I agree with you. There's that um, when HJ points out that the statistics show that the Padres when they shift, it's the worst in the league yes. as far as like the least effective shifts in the league. Like I see that and I'm like, well, shit, is that on Andy or is that we don't know? Like, that's why that, I'm saying like, who is that on? Like it's like. I don't know. They have an analytics department. So that's a concern of mine. Also, another one is that just on uh, Saturday, was it Saturday, when Tatis put down the bunt, when he fouled out he that He threw bunt, his ass under the bus. He threw him under the bus. Which and I was surprised that he did that. I wasn't really surprised, and that's another concern that I have about I legitimately, it's shit like that. I legitimately... See, but he's in a lose-lose because if he said, yeah, I told him to bunt. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Take the loss. You have to wear it. You have to wear it because eh. now what's Tatis thinking? This fucker doesn't have my back. This guy doesn't have my back, so what? What? What do I care? You know what yeah. I mean? Like you got to wear it, even if it's not your fault. Because it's like, sure, the media will tear him up. Sure, Padres Twitter will tear him up. But does that matter? Like if the front office like calls yeah. him and they're like, Andy, what the fuck? You're like, hey man, he did that on his own. Yeah. Like he doesn't have to say that through the media. To the That's media, fair. you wear it for your guy. I was really surprised. I thought he hey, was gonna wear it. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You know we yeah. we just thought you know to get him there second base. Manny's been swinging a hot bat. Uh, Margot Margot's been swinging a hot bat. You get him in a scoring position. It's not that hard to wear it for your guys. So that's when I see that. And that's another concern I have. So I do have some concerns for Green, but at the grand scheme of things, like, do I do I really think it's going to make a huge difference by bringing another guy? No, I, no, I, I don't either. There's I just been plenty don't. Of, of. I keep mentioning it. Plenty of inept, dumb managers stumble their way into World Series championships and appearances. Ned Yost was fucking typical bunt, hit and run, like bad, stri- bad strategic baseball. He made it to back to back World Series and won one of them. Mike Fantini was the worst pitching staff handler of all time. He had the longest fucking hook with starters. He got into a World Series. Uh, who's another guy? Oh, fucking Terry Collins, who also had a terrible hook and refused to buy into analytics about the third time through the order, which cost them the fucking World Series by leaving Matt Harvey in like a dope yeah. against the Royals. So it's like, but he got to, not only did they make the World Series, they made the playoffs a couple years in a row. Yeah. Right? So it's like, Dumb manager teams are gonna win despite dumb managers, just because at the end of the day it's the talent on the field. I don't gr- like when people bitch about Green going to Stammen, and I'm like, who else is there? Like they, they don't have now, now that they got Munoz. He had Munoz up yesterday. I firmly believe if they got another run, he he played it safe and said, "Fuck it, we need the win." I'm going with Kirby. Fuck it. 
yeah. which I'm fine with, even though it wasn't a safe situation. Fuck it, we need to win. So, but it's like, he doesn't have anybody in the bullpen. They've been playing s- fucking musical chairs out there compared to last year. Yeah. But last year, he was pretty, pretty good with the bullpen. Like, he's giving guys more, like Kirby Yates got more innings when he started pitching well. Like, he's ran Mejia out there to his credit a lot of the time this year, even with, you know, with Hedges on or off bereavement, right? He ran Christian. He couldn't pull the fucking... He couldn't pull the rug out from Headley fast enough last year yeah. with fucking Vina Weber waiting. I also see the rotation they have in the outfield, and I really like it. Like, I've been I, giving I like compliments on that all year, yeah. I and, like that. I, the fact that he's open to, and maybe the Morhone opener idea was shoved down his throat. We maybe. don't know. But the fact, but that, doing it last the fact that they did it is promising to yeah. me. So He mixes and matches with the starters. He benched fucking Will Myers. Like, yeah. I never thought I'd say, like, I was like, Margot's going to ride the fucking pine because this happens to him. This happened to him last year. He rode the fucking pine. He had to scratch and claw his way to get back into the lineup, get every day at bats. Like, Will is legit on the bench. Like, Will has even come out and said, yeah, this is my role this year. Like, I'm yeah. on the fucking bench now. Yeah. And that's my role, and I have to do better when I'm given the opportunity. It's like, I never thought he would do that. Yeah, we don't know what kind of, like, you know, what kind of dude he is in the clubhouse. As we far don't. as, like, you know, if he's more of, like, This team has a lot type. of fun, so do. I don't, I don't and, think he's that. I think he seems like he just kind of lets them do their own thing. Yeah, 100%. But I, I would like to see... I, I'm always more on, like, the risky side. Like, I also don't hate his lineups. I hate that, like... Hosmer, hey, Hosmer's not hitting. I'm going to move my hottest hitter. The guy's slugging 520 since June. Well, it You're, took him long enough to Well, do I mean, that. you know, to, to be fair, you know, Mark, it could have been a hot couple of weeks. June's a, June and July are short months. Yeah. Or just July's a short month. So maybe, maybe he wanted to see if it's sustainable. But, like, he's moved Hosmer down before. This isn't the first time. He did it to start the year. And then he bumped him back up. Now he moves him back down. Like, for the most part, it's like his lineups aren't that bad until you get to, like, the bad part of the lineup where – you don't have a choice. Like, Hedges just can't hit, right? Yeah. Kinzer and Garcia, just, they are what they are. But for the most part, like, he was fucking real quick. Tatis was batting, what, five or six to start? Fuck it, this guy can hit. Lead off hit the rest of the year. Yeah. You know, Machado, you're in the three hole. You know, Reyes, Renfro, you guys are moving up. I, I don't mind that. My only bitching, though, I, I feel like they should platoon Hosmer and Myers at this point. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to get Myers ABs. And so. Hosmer can't hit lefties, so. True. I mean, he's shown that he doesn't care about contracts by benching Myers. Yeah, by benching Myers. So, yeah, throw in a little platoon action at first base. I'm fine with that, dude. But, yeah, and also I want to see more ballsy shit. Like, I want to see more, like, give me a suicide squeeze. They tried a suicide squeeze the other day. I remember Uncle Teddy saying, suicide, but fell off. (laughs) Oh, did they? I missed that. Yeah, I want to see more squeeze. I want to say it was Saturday. Saturday, uh, I want to see that. I want to see hit and runs. uh, But, yeah. I mean that's yeah, just being more creative. But I mean, like I said, like he's he people bitch when he pulls the Casey. I'm like, great move, Andy. That's the right move <laughs> because if you leave him in there, he gives up like an 800 OPS. He just gets fucking torched. Yeah, OPS is excellent when you look at it as a team stat because it, it's usually indicative of run scoring. And uh, Lucchese don't do so hot. Fuego, Fuego, ice cold third time through. So he does shit like that, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day... It's he tried to let Morahone, uh, I think, was only supposed to go two. He tried to let him go three, and then he's you know, a little iffy, and he brings in Quantrill. Yeah. So, I, I, I think he's in, I think it's he's a non-issue. Whether you move him or not, the team's not going to get suddenly better or markedly worse if you change to another guy. I just don't... Yeah, exactly. I don't see him as some big hindrance. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. I, I know but if they are going to bring somebody in, I'd like them to go the Alex Cora route of... Like, let's find a manager who's managed in, like, playoff atmosphere, who's managed a ton of Latin guys, bilingual, speaks Spanish, smart guy. Moises Salou's been with the organization. He could be our fucking A.J. Hinch, for all we know. Yeah, he could be. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I think, uh, 
I, I think there's differing opinions on on Andy Green out there. Clearly, and, yeah. I mean, there's there's some people more than others that just there aren't people that want to keep him. <laughs> yeah, there, you don't see people pining too much for Green, except like I'm AC just kind of like whatever happens happens. Like yeah. I'm not like, hey, fire this motherfucker. I, I think I'm our not... team is going to be good enough in the next five to seven years. It's not going to matter who's managing. Yeah. Managing. I mean, at the end of the day, as long as you are playing Mejia, <laughs> majority of the time, that's a, that's a fantastic lineup from the yeah. skipper Andy Green. And if you're not, if you're playing hedges more often than not, then you know what? Fuck you, Andy Green, you stupid bastard. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think we're going to let Friar Phil sign it off. We'll see you guys next week. We're out of here.